Uh, again, I want to thank you for being here today. We are in, oh, what are we in? Is it part four already? Yeah, it is. We're in part four of our message series called Unoffendable. And this message series is based on a book by Brant Hansen called Unoffendable. And our goal in this message series is to become... Hey, we got it. Our goal in this message series is to become unoffendable. Because getting offended, being outraged, getting angry, it is a liability. And it makes us less effective in doing what we need to do. It makes us illogical. It makes us irrational. And so our goal in this series is to become unoffendable. And for those of us who are Christians, we have been called, we have been commanded, we have been told that we need to love one another. We need to love other people. We need to share the gospel, the truth of who Jesus is and what he's called us to be about with the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ. We've been called to do these things, and we're going to be a heck of a lot less effective in doing these things if we're too busy being offended. Yes, it's hard to love somebody if you're all offended at them. It's hard to share the truth of Jesus with somebody if you're offended at them. And so our goal in this series is to become unoffendable. So far in this series, week one, we talked about this myth of righteous anger, that it, this idea that exists in our culture, and it's in Christian culture, and it's in secular culture, this idea that there are certain things that we're supposed to be angry about, certain things we're supposed to be angry about. If something happens that's wrong, if something happens that's not just, we're supposed to be angry about it. Really, are we? Really? And for those of us who are Christians, we look to the Bible and we realize that nowhere in Scripture are we commanded or told to get angry over anything. And yes, there is such a thing as righteous anger, but it belongs to God and not to us. Our anger, again, is a liability. In part two of this series, we talked about what humans are like. And isn't it a funny thing? I mean, again, for those of us who are Christians, we believe that we need a Savior. We believe that people aren't basically good. And yet here we are getting ourselves all kinds of shocked and offended when people act not good, right? We know that we're all sinners, and yet we are surprised when sinners act like sinners. We know that we're all imperfect, and yet we're surprised when people don't act perfect. Isn't that a strange thing? And so we need to reset our minds here and reframe this whole thing. We should not be shocked. Oh, we should not be shocked when people act like people. No. We should be shocked when they don't. When we see people being generous or selfless or sacrificing or acting like Jesus, those are the things that should shock us because that's not intuitive. And so we need to reframe the way we think about this and not let ourselves get shocked when people act like people. Then last week we talked about this perhaps surprising correlation between a lack of trust in God and allowing ourselves to get offended, okay? Because there's this thing that exists in all of us, whether you're Christian or not, there's this thing that exists in us where we want to see justice. We want the bad guys punished and the good guys rewarded. And when we see acts of injustice, again, in the short term, we can allow ourselves to get all kinds of offended and worked up and afraid. Well, what happens? This bad guy's getting away with it. Something happens that's wrong, and the person's getting away with it who did this wrong thing. And we can get, let that keep us up at night, and we can let that impact our quality of life. But really, if we put our trust in God where it belongs, we can alleviate that offense, that feeling of outrage. If we trust God to be the judge, then then we don't need to worry about being the judge. You know, too often we want to pick up that powdered wig, and we want to pick up that gavel, and we want to be the judge over other people. But if we give that responsibility back to God, whew, that takes a burden off of our shoulders. And so today, we're going to continue on in the series, and we are going to discuss what we should do about injustice, and how we should respond when there is a wrong that needs to be righted. This is not the first time 
in our history as a church that we've ever talked about how our anger is a liability and how our anger does not produce the righteousness of God. In fact, in fact way back in our days at the Barnstormer Theater, the historic Barnstormer Theater uh, in Ridley Park, uh, I, I preached on this subject, and I was going back, and no, I don't remember every sermon I've ever preached, um, but there was one occasion where something had happened in the country, uh, some kind of unrest, some kind of injustice had taken place. Um, I think it was an act of discrimination. I don't remember the details, but what I do remember is there were a lot of angry people in our country, a lot of angry people in our community over this injustice, and a lot of angry people in our church. And so on Sunday morning, I stood up and preached about anger. I preached from James chapter 1, verse 20, where we're taught that a human's anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And I just tried to make this point that our anger does not equip us to do good things. And so I preached that sermon, and you know how a worship service goes, right? Preach the sermon, say a little prayer, band does their song, I come back, close in prayer. And so after some Sundays, I'll finish preaching, and I'll pack up my stuff, and I'll take off this microphone that I like to play with while I'm preaching. I take this off, yes, I get myself a little bit settled, I leave the stage, and a lot of times somebody wants to talk to me after the worship service about, you know, the topic of the day, they'll have a question, or they'll have a comment, or whatever it is. And so we finish the worship service that day, and I start to pack up my stuff, and there's a guy in the congregation who made a beeline for the stage, came right up onto the stage, and before I had a chance to take my mic off, was asking me a question, was confronting me. And so what he said to me, and this is how he started the conversation, what he said to me is, what about Martin Luther King Jr.? To which I replied, what about Martin Luther King Jr.? I said, well, Martin Luther King Jr. didn't just allow injustice to take place. He did something about it. And I said, yes, he did. I agree. So it was one of those weird conversations. Have you had conversations like this where it's like, I feel like you're arguing with me, but I agree with everything you're saying. So is there a debate here? Because I'm not understanding. And so we talked a little bit more, and eventually I understood, I understood the disconnect. Because here's what happens. There can be a disconnect, in fact, there often is, between what a speaker is saying and what a hearer is hearing, yes? And so I was standing up on a stage, and for about 20 to 25 minutes, I was saying, listen, we can't allow ourselves to be overcome with anger. And what this gentleman heard me saying was, you should not care. He was making a correlation between anger and care. And he thought I was up there advocating for apathy, because there's this idea in our culture that, again, we're supposed to get anger about things, and our anger is what fuels us to do something. And so I attempted to clarify for that, and by the way, he's not here anymore, so I can tell the story, but I attempted to clarify for this guy the same thing I'm attempting to clarify for us all right now. Please don't be mistaken. When I say that we should not be overcome with offense, should not be overcome with anger, I am not advocating for apathy. Not at all. We are supposed to care. But again, there's this correlation, and maybe you've seen this mentality in yourself, maybe you've seen it in others. People think that somehow anger equals caring. Hang on. Hang on. Not, not so much. Be careful. We're not advocating for apathy here. All we're saying is that whatever we can do with anger, we can do a lot better without it. In fact, that's a quote from from Dallas Wheeler. Let me say that again for the sake of our note takers. Let me get this quote right. There is nothing that can be done with anger that cannot be done better without it. Did you catch that? There is nothing that can be done with anger 
that cannot be done better without it. And this idea that we need anger in order to fight injustice, it's not just flawed, it's wrong. Now, this mentality, stay with me on this one, this mentality that we need our anger in order to do something about injustice, it has led to this very bizarre phenomenon that you've probably experienced. In our culture, some people, I don't know how many, I don't know the percentage, in our culture, some people have equated expressing outrage with doing something. You know the type of thing I'm talking about? Some people have equated this idea of expressing their outrage. That equals me doing something about injustice. That simply expressing outrage in and of itself is a way to fight injustice. And we can thank the internet, and we can thank social media for this unproductive phenomenon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what type of thing I'm talking about? Somebody gets angry over something that's happening in their community or in the country or in the world, some injustice, some wrong, and they roll up their sleeves and they get on social media and say, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. In this day and age, this kind of injustice, this kind of indecency, I won't stand for it. Post. <sighs> Done. You know, that type of thing. I'm stepping on some toes here today. What's going on? You know, this is the type of thing that can happen. We we somehow equate expressing outrage with doing something to fight injustice. I can't believe this has happened, and I just want the world to know that I won't stand for it. And something needs to change. And this is wrong. Post. Oh, I did it. I did it. Yes. What did you do? What did you do? Now, don't get me wrong, friends. I believe. I believe in the power of words. I'm up here using words right now. I believe in the power of words. I believe in the power of communication. And I also believe in personal expression. But all I'm saying is that expressing outrage over injustice is not the same as fighting against injustice. This is important for us to know, especially for those of us who are Christians, because we have been called to fight against injustice. Take a look at the passage that's in your bulletin. Just a couple of verses from Isaiah, the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah. And so God gave Isaiah this message to preach to the people, the people of God, the Jews, the Hebrews, the Israelites, whatever you want to call them, the same group of people. And he says, let me read this whole thing and then we'll go back over it. It says, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. What I want to point out here is something we've addressed earlier in this series. And what God is telling the people here is the same thing. It's very similar to what Jesus said. And we referenced this before when Jesus said, if you want to help your brothers and sisters, if you want to help take the speck of sawdust out of their eye, first, first you have to take the plank, the board, out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to help your brothers and sisters remove the speck from their eyes. And that was Jesus telling us, if we see a wrong happening in the world and we want to correct it, that's great. But first, make sure we're taking the wrong out of our own life. And then we'll be more qualified and capable and better equipped to help other people. And we see this same sentiment here, way back, hundreds of years before Jesus. We see this with Isaiah. What is he saying first? He says, wash and make yourselves clean. 
It's about you. Before helping other people, this is about you. Wash and make yourselves clean of impurity, of injustice. If there's wrong in your own life, make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Then seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. It is clear that the people of God have been commanded to stand up and do something about injustice. So those of you who are Christians, hear me. You are supposed to do something, but you don't need your anger to do it. As Dallas Willard say, there's nothing that can be done with anger that cannot be done better without it. Let me give you a little example of a... Um, a little injustice, a little wrong that happened in my life. This is not a nationwide thing or a community thing. This is just a little wrong that happened in my life. Do you ever have that experience? Somebody wrongs you, you get a little injustice in your own life? All right, let me give you this example. Um, something that happened, a lot of you know that last year was an action-packed year for the Schaefer family. A lot going on. I became the executor of my mom's estate. We needed to clean out her house. We needed to sell her house. We needed to meet with lawyers. We needed to go to the court, all kinds of paperwork, meet with a realtor. It was a lot. It's a lot of stuff that you have to do on top of all the emotional stuff. And so we're trying our best to fight our way through this process. It's the first time we've been through it, trying to figure this all out. We put the house up for sale. We sell the house. And so uh, we get to the point where it's time for closing, and that's like a big finish line. And so we get to closing, and it turns out that uh, there was a tax bill that was double paid, okay? Right? Tax bill double paid. I paid it, and so did the future buyer. We both paid the same bill, okay? And so I needed a refund back, and it was explained to me, okay, it's just a tax bill to the school district, not a big deal, this kind of thing happens, it's just, listen, it's just the kind of thing that happens, yes, everybody's trying to do the right thing, just a little mistake that happened, and so I owed a refund, felt like a substantial amount of money, you know, according to my bank account, felt like a lot of money, he's like, okay, this will happen. So I was told that this process will be automatically triggered, yes, the school district's going to get that extra money, they're going to say that's too much money, and they're going to send me a check back. I thought, well, that's great, but just to be clear... And just to be proactive, I'm going to help initiate this process. Yes, because now I'm owed some money. Yes, yes, and I'd, I'd like it back, please, right? And so I went on the district website, and I found who to contact, and I sent a, a friendly and succinct email. Here's the situation, and how do I go about pursuing a refund? And guess what? I got a very friendly and professional email back. Okay, this is not the first time this has happened. If you could send us a copy of your canceled check, we'll get that started for you. Great. Great, wonderful. Got that copy of the canceled check, sent that in, said, let me know if you need anything else. He writes back and says, that's fantastic. We'll let you know when your refund is being processed. Awesome, yes? We're going to write this wrong, yes? So a day goes by, a week goes by, two weeks go by. I'm like, you know what, I should probably follow up with this because I heard from this guy. And so I sent an email, hey, I'm just looking for an update on my refund. Um, do you need any more information? Is it in process? Sent that email and a day goes by. Two days go by, a week goes by, and no reply back. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This guy was my buddy. We were writing back and forth. Now, all of a sudden, I want my money back, and you're, you're like, what's going on? And so, and so I, I email a second time. Hey, just checking in again. I'm going to see. Do you need anything more from me? I'm being polite. You know I'm being polite. Yes? You got to be polite. Yes, and professional. Do you need any more information from me? Just looking for an update. Thank you very much. Send. Day goes by. Two days go by. A week goes by. Maybe I'll try one more time. One more time, right? One more time. And so email a third time. Hey, it's me again. <laughs> Your buddy. What's going on? <laughs> Just looking for an update, you know, status of my refund. Do you need any more information from me? Any information you could provide would be greatly appreciated. Do you ever use that line? Any information you could provide would be greatly appreciated. 
day goes by, two days go by, nothing. So now, my friends, we are at a crossroad, yes? Am I going to give in to my anger, yes? Everything was polite, quick responses before, now I'm waiting for my check, and you're ghosting me. What's going on? I can get all angry, this isn't fair, this is my money, it should be sitting somewhere and earning interest for me and not interest for you. This is lousy, this is just like the government. What's going on here? This is an outrage. Or I can choose to be unoffendable. And guess what, friends? Prepared to be impressed. Yes? I chose to be unoffendable. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. Yes. In this situation, I chose to be unoffendable. Now, let's be real. This isn't a big wrong. This isn't a giant injustice. This is just one of those small inconveniences of life that we've all had to deal with. But in this situation, since I'm preparing a sermon series on this, I chose to be unoffendable. Now, here's the point I want to make. My choosing to be unoffendable doesn't mean I just shrugged my shoulders and said, well, I guess I'm not getting that money back. Like, that's not how that worked. My choosing to be unoffendable just means that I'm going to handle this issue without anger, without offense, because I get it. I get what people are like. I get that sometimes it takes a while to respond to emails, and like, a lot of you know, I'm terrible at getting back to people on email. You know, it, sometimes it takes time. Life can be overwhelming. Maybe this person that I've been interacting with is on sick leave. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? So I'm going to choose to be unoffendable. As tempting as it is to give it to that anger, I'm going to choose to be unoffendable. And so I hop back on the website, find somebody else to contact, contact that somebody else politely, professionally. Guess what? I got my money back. How about that? Yeah? How about that? I got my money back. A wrong? I know. A wrong has been made right. Yes? 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 And so you know situations like this, maybe you're dealing with a government official, maybe you're dealing with a court system, maybe you're dealing with customer service, have you had that situation? Yes? You order something online, and it shows up at your house, I'm like, this is what I ordered, yes? And you get outraged over it, you realize, hey, this, this happens sometimes. And me be polite when I talk to customer service. Anybody ever work in customer service? Do you know what that's like? Goodness gracious, yes, yes. If someone is polite and kind and understanding, you're going to be a lot more willing to help that person out, Yes? It's just how it works. So whether this is like a small personal wrong that needs to be righted, or whether it's something much, much bigger, let's keep in mind that whatever we could do with anger, we can do a lot better, <laughs> a lot more effectively without it. I've told you my little example about this tax refund thing, but you think about the big injustices, the big wrongs that impact not just one person, but impact entire communities or in fact an entire nation. Martin Luther King Jr. is an excellent example. It's like the example of fighting against injustice without anger. And if you listen to his speeches, which all of us have heard some of his speeches, or at least parts of his speeches, yes? When you listen to his speeches, you hear passion. You hear concern. You hear caring. And if you read his letters, you will read words of correction. But he chose not to give into anger. Even when his home was burned down, he chose not to give into anger. Here's a quote from Martin Luther King. He said, you must be willing to suffer the anger of the opponent and yet not return anger. Yes? Because what he understood is what Dallas Willard has to say. There's nothing we can do with anger that cannot be done better without it. So, 
Let me take you back to week one of this series and ask you the question. Have you given yourself permission to get angry? Have you given yourself permission to get angry over injustice? Because listen, it's natural. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But we have to not give ourselves permission to stay there, yes? I mean, part of what Paul is telling us is that, yeah, you will experience this anger, but don't let the sun go down on that anger. Get rid of it. So have you given yourself permission to get angry over injustice, maybe a personal injustice, a personal wrong? Or maybe it has nothing to do with you. It's just something you see in your community, in your nation, in your world. Have you allowed yourself to get angry over injustice? I mean, I think of things like, and here we are with this food collection bin, yes? Helping our neighbors in need. And if you sat with this truth for a while and you just thought about the fact that there are people in this, well, this is not a third world nation. There are people in our own community that are hungry, that aren't able to make ends meet, that can't put food on their tables. If you sat with that fact for long enough, that might make you angry. So what are you going to do with that anger? You're going to let that sit in your heart? You're going to go out and online and say, this can't, I can't believe there are people hungry in this whole area. Let me post this online. Well, that, no. Just buy a thing of mac and cheese. You know what I mean? That's, that's productive. There's this saying, and I don't know if I'm going to get this right. I picked this up many years ago, but it's better to shine a little light than shout into the darkness. Yes? Is that corny? I don't know. Maybe it's a little corny, but it's true. It's better to shine a little light and shout into the darkness. Have you bought into the lie that we need anger in order to pursue justice? Have you bought into the lie of social media culture that posting outrage is a way of fighting justice? And those are lies. Anger, know this, it's not the same as caring. Anger is not the same thing as passion. And anger is not the same thing as compassion. We don't need anger in order to fight injustice. And expressing outrage is not a means to fight injustice. And so for those of us who are Christians, we have to embrace the truth, the reality that we have been called to fight injustice. We have been called to help people who have been wronged. But whatever good we could potentially accomplish with our anger, we can accomplish a lot more effectively without it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you know our hearts. You know how we work. You know our mentality. You know, there are things that, are hap that happen in this life that are um, prone to drive us crazy. There are things that happen in this life that are prone to, to give us anger. So we just pray, God, that you would keep us mindful of what's going on in our hearts. And when those moments occur, God, when we feel that anger, when we feel that outrage, when we feel that sense of offense, give us pause, God, and remind us of the truth that whatever it is that we could do with our anger, we could do a lot better without it. Father, we thank you for your compassion for us. Thank you for your patience with us. Father God, I pray that you would allow us to see other people through your eyes and through your perspective. Help us, God, in this battle. Let us not give in to anger. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.